Welcome to Bible Stories for Heathen Children. Today, we're going to start with the very beginning of the story. There are many stories of how things began that humans have told. The one in the Bible goes like this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. And it goes on for this for six days. God makes something, God sees it, and God calls it good. I actually have some really complicated feelings about this story. It's in Genesis 1, because my parents believed it literally happened, that it was scientific truth, and told me I had to believe it too. They said that God spoke everything into existence about 6,000 years ago, and there was no evolution. They said there were no dinosaurs living and dying off before humans ever existed. They said there was no Pangaea. They said that the earth wasn't shaped by plate tectonics and volcanoes and such for billions of years, but was instead sculpted with a word. I made someone upset once by talking about ancient cave paintings in France, because according to him, there was no planet when those cave paintings were supposed to have been painted. But if you take Genesis 1 as a story, it's kind of beautiful. It reads almost like a poem with the repetition. So what if we just took it as a story? Once upon a time, there's no light, there's no shape. God flutters over shapeless waters, just as a spirit, for who knows how long, there was no time. God had no shape or age himself, and reality had no shape or age. God was infinite, existing outside of reality, but there's not much to reality. It was shapeless, dark, and wet. And God had an idea, and he says, let there be light, and there's light, and he's stunned. Maybe he didn't know exactly what would happen, and he thinks it's beautiful. He starts naming it. There's going to be light sometimes, and I'll call it day, and dark sometimes, and I'll call it night. And now we have mornings and evenings, and the first day ever, the first time ever, all because God said the words, all because he imagined something new. And each day, he imagines a new thing. He separates water from the sky. That's all he does the whole second day. He's so amazed that there's a sky now. It's not just shapeless water anymore. And then there was morning and evening. Maybe he's still not used to that. And that was a second day. Then the next day, he separates water from the land. And now there's even more shapes. Things are distinct from each other now. And he calls it land and the water he calls sea. And on this land, he makes plants grow, all sorts of plants growing fruit with seeds in them, and they can make new plants someday. That's a pretty good day's work, I think. And then the sun goes down, and that was the third day. On the fourth day, instead of just light and dark, he makes the sun and the moon and the stars, so people can tell the season and navigate the ocean. So dark isn't completely dark now, and daytime doesn't just end like a candle being blown out. On the fourth day, God makes the in-between times, like the sunset and the sunrise and the moonlit sky, so the things are never as black and white as you think they are. And God says that's good. Then God creates everything in the sea and everything that flies in the air. And once again, he is blown away at what a creative genius he is. And he says that's good too. That was the fifth day. Then finally, it's the sixth day. And this land he has made has trees and plants, but it does, doesn't have any animals. So he created everything that walks and crawls and slithers on the sixth day. And he looks at it and it's not quite right. He wants something more like him, something that can be creative like him. So he makes people, humans in his image, not just ones that are called he, but also she and even they, because God only gets called he because it was convenient to the men who wrote and translated it. 
We could call God she or they, and I believe they'd all be true for this complex, beautiful, creative being who imagined up the sunset and the sunrise. And then God told the people to take care of the planet and to eat the delicious fruit, and that was the sixth day. Then he looked at everything, the light, the moon, the plants, the fish, the people, and he said it was all very good. We have here, if you don't get it in your head, this needs to be treated like a science book, God as the artist, God as a creative visionary, as this fascinating character who isn't really exactly sure what he's doing, but he thinks he likes it, and he made humans to be like that too. And then on the seventh day he rested, basking in the feeling that he'd made some very good stuff. And that's a story you might like to think about, that people have been telling this story about where they came from for thousands of years. There's actually a second creation story in Genesis, which kind of puzzles people who try to use Genesis as history. But I'm pretty sure that someone just heard both stories and loved them both because they tell different things about what humans are made of. I'm not going to tell that second story today, maybe a different day. I'm going to tell a different story, one you might know. It's not from the Bible. It's a story you can believe, if you like. Once upon a time, there was nothing. Or perhaps there was something, it's a point of contention, and then, perhaps very suddenly, there was everything. Well, there was the beginning of everything. Everything went spinning and flying, propelled into space and formed stars. And the stars exploded and formed more elements, more of everything, than bits of everything orbited around the stars, until they formed planets, and everything on the planets, and everything in space. And there was one star, not the biggest, or the brightest, or the oldest, or the youngest star, but there was one star that's most important to this story. And it had around it many planets. Tiny planets, a couple huge planets, but there was one planet, not the biggest, or the smallest, or the coldest, or the hottest. But one planet that is the most important to this story, although it couldn't have known that at the time. There wasn't any knowing yet. Water flew in frozen into space rocks and so did gases and other chemicals and the stars poured energy and heat onto the planet, which was probably quite hot all on its own just from the friction of being born and being pulled around and around its star. And one day, or maybe many different days, no one was there to keep track, in the hot oceans that covered the planet, tiny microscopic organic molecules started to form and linked together and they made the first cells and there was life in those tiny cells. During millions of years of the making and reproducing of cells, they began to change and adapt as they spread throughout the oceans. Some cells started joining together to create more complex life forms with multiple cells. Imagine the beautiful chaos of cells working together for the first time, but no one was there to observe it. The cells didn't do much beyond survive. Survive and reproduce. And every time they made a new one, it was a bit different and life got more complex, and they didn't all change in the same ways. They formed sea plants and coral and very early funguses that would someday become mushrooms. Some of the cells developed tails so they could swim, and much later they developed brains so they could decide where they wanted to swim. Eventually, some of those early multi-celled animals became jellyfish, and others became different kinds of fish, swimming around the sea and finding food or trying not to be food. Maybe they developed the first instincts of how to stay safe long enough to keep passing on the life they had lived. And as the world changed temperature and the land changed, so did the living creatures over billions of their short generations. And from those first cells, eventually came every living thing over millions of years. Sea creatures, dinosaurs, mice, monkeys, and eventually you. And here you are, right in the middle of what will one day be history, Looking back at the beginning, at the hot planet, imagining the tiny single-celled organisms that would one day become you, 
listening to the story of the world you live in that has gone through so much change and will go through more change. And you've gone through change. You, before you were born, you were once a tiny bunch of cells and then a weird blobby thing without even a whole heart when your heart cells started beating. And then, several months later, you were a crying baby who couldn't do or say much at all. And you grew up and you know things. Isn't that amazing that you can know this? You've learned and grown and you'll keep learning and growing and changing because that's what our cells have done for billions of years. And that's your heritage as a living creature on Earth orbiting the sun that was formed billions of years ago when nothing suddenly exploded into everything. Every cell of you was made from blueprints that have been changing for billions of years, and every atom that makes you was once at the heart of a star. I'd say the end, but this isn't the end of anything. I can't wait to see what you do with the rest of your story. If you're interested in learning more about the concepts I used in this story I told, you can read Bang! How We Came to Be by Michael Rubino. It's got a lot more information and really beautiful illustrations. I've also heard good things about the book You Are Stardust by Ellen Kelsey. Our theme music is Wholesome by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution. Thanks for listening to Bible Stories for Heathen Children. Until next time, shine on, star child.